think that emotions are, you know, the devil. Pull up a seat at the table. It is lunchtime in Rome. Tonight is episode 120, entitled Duke and Lydia. Duke and Lydia met at Grove City College. They fell in love and got married. Just after a year or so later, they began their family with their baby, which is due soon. They moved to Penn Hills and checked out Faith Community Church, the simple, stereotypical Christian, almost perfect love story, you would imagine. A great story? Yes. A love story? Yes. However, everyone has a story and a journey regarding their emotions and emotional needs. This is very true for Duke and Lydia Maley. Pull up a chair at the table and join us. First-time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or listen directly on lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all social media, and if you can, give us a five-star review. Jay, what specifically is this podcast about? No matter who you are, at some point in your life, you will feel alone. Being alone is as bad as anything gets. If things are great, but you feel alone, well, they're not as good as they could be. And if things are bad and you're alone, well, things just got so much worse. There is a Bible verse, Romans 12, 15, which states, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. That is how you keep people from feeling alone and what this podcast is all about. Each week we go over what's good or bad in our lives, along with some food talk, to model rejoicing and mourning. We then hit the main topic and finish with some do-betters and can't-do-betters as well. So while it may not be 12.15 in Rome, we are treating it like it is. Lunchtime in Rome. 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 Brian. Jay. Chris isn't here. Chris is not here. But he's back. He is back. But we're not going to talk about him because he's not here. I don't want to talk about he Chris. We can talk about it next week. Love Chris, but not Duke and Lydia are with us. Thanks so much for being here, guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. us. We're excited to have them with us. They, uh, they have become... Uh, regulars at the table and uh, retro tabling, for lack of a better term. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that retro tabling. Lydia went all the way back to episode one and started from the uh, the dark and muffled days, <laughs> and is working her way up. and And Duke's done some of that and gone back as well. And we're going to get to hear a lot about them. Um, just so excited that you guys are here and as eager as any guest has ever been i think um i'm very excited i'm a that, big <laughs> podcast fan so wow i think you said pot oh no no <laughs> big pot, pot we'll talk about that in our do cast. better yeah <laughs> that does come into play it does but lydia thank good as well i'm glad you're yeah. here yeah I'm, the, I'm not into podcasts but i've really enjoyed listening to this one so i'm excited well, yeah. now you're on it <laughs> yeah brian what's good man I've, i had a great moment this week um with abby i, I i've had a lot of good stuff happening, but um, I had a great moment um, Monday night with my daughter, Abby. Um, we just um, come back from seeing Black Widow um, at our favorite theater in Penn Hills. It's this little tiny theater. The, the guy, he, he owns it. He just he runs it by himself. He does everything. Uh, we helped kind of keep him going through COVID. We would rent the, the theater out every once in a while. And just we had a whole like he would he would do these things where you would have you could pick a movie. We picked Goonies. I think we did Back to the Future, um, like a trilogy thing that we did one night. So you pay X amount and you have the whole theater yourself. And he's just like, have fun. So, so cool. yeah, it's a really cool little theater. And so we've been, we and I've been going there for forever. It's been there forever. This guy's just owned it, um, you know, the last five, six years or whatever it might be. Um, but we went up and saw Black Widows a family. It was good. Came home and then we, I don't know if anybody knows this, but I have a pool that I like. What? Yeah. And um, so we we came home and it, w- it had been, we'd had some pretty good thunderstorms roll through earlier that day. And we went up to the pool and up, like where the pool is, it's it's pretty secluded. Uh, and so Abby and I watched the sunset. We, the moon was out as like this real, real brilliant crescent, but you could see like the rest of the moon, like the dark part of the moon, you know what I mean? Um, and it was just a, it was a great sunset and then it got really dark out. So it's just her and I were watching stars, but like in the one corner of the sky, like there's still like this heat lightning flashing. Right. Um, and it's just, it's quiet where we are and her and I are just, it's, it's one of those like beautiful summer nights that I know is going to register in her mind somewhere. And, um, like as the quintessential, this is what summer is. I'm with my dad 
and we were we found this this star app like you put it up at the sky and it tells, oh, you, it tells like, you what the constellations what are. the constellations are what the stars are um and we see a lot of satellites like i see a lot of satellites when i'm sitting up there because it's just so clear and there's so many satellites nowadays you break into dave matthews yeah right all the time every single time i see one but this app actually shows you the satellites that are coming across the sky and satellite that app. we know of that we know of right <laughs> <laughs> the, the legal ones um and so there's this really bright one and this app like you tap on what what the what the object is turned out it was a space station like the international space station oh, that we cool. saw and and like it was just one of those moments like she is like we're both like the sky is there's so much happening and with this app we're like okay this is a or not orion because it's not out right now like this is the big dipper this is the little dipper and i tell you it was just and there were times where we wouldn't talk like we're just like our mouths are open we're just staring at everything and um you know she we came back in and she was just like that was amazing it was just such a great experience she's sitting on my lap the whole time and like i'm holding her hand and like, i'm a dad oh, man it was, you were a father that night uh, i i try to be a father no but i'm like that's a father thing like look that's the space station daughter and she's like thanks daddy yeah it, it it was just one of those moments where when you're thinking about having kids or even after you have kids it's like you know i i know that you have your tough times with kids but then you're like i know there's really worthwhile times and that was one of those where it's just like a peak like a pinnacle like this is just a core memory mental snapshot yeah yeah, absolutely. You'll, you'll pull it out and look at it later in life and just be like, ah. Right, because it goes by fast, you know. And you, you, I feel like there's times where you have too few of those moments. Um, you know, you can't, you can't manufacture necessarily moments like that. You can put yourself in position to hopefully get those moments. Those are some of the greatest. And, and again, Duke and Lydia expecting yeah. in two weeks. Yeah, two and a half And weeks. so you've heard nothing but everybody's stories about <laughs> child rearing and all that kind of fun stuff, mm -hmm. I'm sure. Um, those are the times when you're like, all right, we're going to make this perfect mm. situation and it never yeah. works out. And that's like when you get, mo that's why, like I said, Joe and Bella did not know that the circus or Disney on ice or anything like that existed till like Joe made it to 10 wow. because I'm like, there's no way I'm going to spend all that money for one of those moments, mm -hmm. take them there. And then as we're walking out, they'll be like, can I get a whatever? And it's the 50th thing they wanted to buy and i say no and they're crying and i'm yelling and i'm like this is great this is so i just never even told him my ferris wheel moment with ethan at the beach remember? oh you have to you have to we're at the beach and like we, we're at the boardwalk and um just ev like everything he got everything that day everything that day that on, week that week and we're on the ferris wheel and like the light of I mean, it's 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 dusk and the lights are out and it's just beautiful and what did he say he was like what's oh, next or he, something no nope. he looks across the way and there's the water park <laughs> and he goes you know the one thing we didn't get to do this week was the water park <laughs> after all of this other stuff and, and it's the three of us and i just like like the horror movie like i just turn and look at brian i'm like, <laughs> I'm like you did very well. Thank you. I mean, that, that, it's human. That's human nature to me in a, in a lot of ways encompassed in that sentence. I did all this stuff, but I want more. Oh, um, great. Bad. I was going to say the weather just because it's like it's been kind of rainy. I mean, I've, I've had some we've had some good days. It's been warmish. It's been humid. But like, uh, you know, last summer was like it was 90s all the time. And I, I mean, but I'm not going to complain about that. I'm just going to complain more about um Man, just what makes me sad, what what is bad, it's just society and like these great societies and really good people just seem to be rushing headlong into oppression and wow. destruction and depravity. You know, like you just look at the news and it's like we are joyously rushing to our doom, you know, from my per from my perspective. But I think, you know, from a, a lot of people, like it's just it's heartbreaking to me. It's like, where are the adults in the room? Um, I, I feel like they're either the adults in the room right now are either there's not a lot of them or they're just like, yeah, I don't have to get up and talk yet. And that, that makes me sad. So without getting political, that's, that's about as well, not jumping but, off the ledge into it as I can get. But as, as we transition to me, Rachel and I, I just got food. to spend three. Oh yeah. You skipped food. Right. Good. You want to go back to food? Food bowls. Excuse me. Food bowls. Just like these bowls of meat and, and cheese and uh, like, chipotle. 
Well, yeah, and I've been doing like shrimp and and beef, and um, they've been they've been awesome. <laughs> food bowls, bowls of food, bowls by Brian, uh, bowls of meat, <laughs> meat bowls, protein bowls, whatever you want to call it. Eric may actually made one tonight with pork and avocado, um, cheese. Uh, they're just great. Our buddy calls those the bachelor bowls. Bachelor bowls, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's in in the vein of the whole carnivore thing. You're not really eating anything that's like carbs, or so you just throw a bunch of meat and cheese and and that stuff into a bowl, and it's it's just, they're, it's so good. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So, anyways, now I'm done with that. So part of my good was Rachel and I just got to go away for I say three days, but it was basically two days. We left Monday evening and got home this morning. And we just went up to Donegal, like Champion PA. We had a little Airbnb. And as we're driving along through just God's country, just up in the mountains and everything else. And, and we ate last night. I'll even combine my food. I'll come back to it. Brady's Family Restaurant, which if you think of what a family restaurant is, it's this place. Like, it is just a family restaurant. But I'm looking at all the people there. And without being judgmental or with only a certain amount of being like. It was just simple people, you know, and as I'm driving through and I see the guy getting off of work and he's just grubby, you know, down there right by the living, living treasures, uh, living treasures, animal mm-hmm. park. And, he, and I was just like, you know, they're just they're just living like mm-hmm. it's just people like right. like you talked about the so-called leaders in this country. And it's like I feel like that's the two percent. You know, we always talk about the two percent. Not we always they always talk about the two percenters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Those in power and those that are pushing so much of the angst in our world today, I think is such a few number, but they're so visible. So magnified. And, the you know, the rest of us, we, we just we just out here. We you just know? out we here. We just trying to get <laughs> trying by. Trying to get along. Just trying. And that was what it was. I said to Rachel, we're driving up the mountain on the way to Laurel Hill State Park. Hmm. And I was, doesn't matter. I was starting to think of a few different people, kids, who their entire life is their phone. Mm-hmm. And that's so many people who forget kids. That's so many people. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know why I like this? I said, this is real. Like, those are trees. That is a deer that's about to hit our car. <laughs> that is, you know, even that's a trucker who is driving a two-axle or a three-axle. Tri-axle. Who are the ones you guys don't like? Tri-axle the drivers. The dump truck drivers. Avoid those. Dump truck drivers. They're the worst. <laughs> see? I stand by it. Now I see it. Every time I see a tri-axle, I'm like, Brian Erks, stay clear of that guy. <laughs> Maniacs. But it was real and it's life and it was just it was it was a great time to to be away with Rachel and we've been very blessed to do that now three times in the last eight months. It's so necessary. So. Like like I think necessary is just such a good word in that case. Like you have to do it. We don't do it enough. And when you do it, you're like, oh my goodness, why why don't we do this more? I was uh, in my training for this emotional needs stuff. They said you know a date night is only the two of you. So if it's a double date or if you guys go to a party or whatever else, doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that has absolutely destroyed Rachel and my like, – I'm like, whoa, we have not been on a date in quite <laughs> some time. And, like, we went to go visit a friend of hers, uh, somebody who sits at the table quite a bit, Diz, and uh, it's about an hour drive. And I was like, okay, what well, does the drive count as a date? Sure. I mean, where we're getting to. Yeah. But so – no, not really. Not, <laughs> All right. I'm, with, I'm sorry, Duke, I'm with you. Um so, but it was, it was great to get away and, you know, we did a resort with the first one. The church paid for us to go to the Stonewall Jackson Resort in West Virginia's Pastor Appreciation Month coming up in October. Um, and so that was really fancy. <laughs> and then we did Pymatuming in a cabin with no Wi-Fi, no TV. You know, that was nothing. And this was an Airbnb, which is kind of in the middle. So it was a good time. And the only bad, I really, I mean... I really don't have a bad right now. I mean, my grass, it's killing me. Um, Eric, I feel good. Eric's on tech this week, by the way. So you might hear his voice in the background. Um, I fired True Green. Uh, I was tired of spending $55 a month. And I figured out, you know, even though I know I'm going to fry my own grass, if I try to fertilize it, I'm going to do it myself. Mm. And so do you put the weed killer down when you water your own grass or do you put other stuff down? Because if you put the weed killer down, you'll fry it. Just pro tip right there. Didn't know. Don't even know what you're talking about. Like I, I did like a weed killer granules and then you let the water. I didn't spray anything like, okay, we'll talk about it. <laughs> but I planted new grass and I, a landscaper said to me, if you cut it three times, you can fertilize, you can do the weed killer after that. I was like, all right. So I cut it four times and I've killed all my new grass. 
And then I have these little, and I got little weeds popping up, like trees. And Eric, I'm so grateful. I walked into your yard and I I saw some of the same ones. (laughs) And like Thursday night, I went to bed and I had picked all the weeds. Took like 20 minutes. I woke up Friday morning and it was like five more. I'm like, how did they grow three inches in 12 hours? (laughs) I don't know. Other than, I think next year I might hire somebody to just do the front. Because I have like the back, but nobody ever goes back there. And that's twice as you big as the true front. green do the back too. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. It was 55 a month. Hmm. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we did the flim flam grub preventer, except you got grub. Sorry, but that's not our fault service. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. That's yeah. like 150. <laughs> They're the worst. Food. Brady's Family Restaurant. It's one of the rare times on a, on a trip that Rachel and I went to where I researched a place. I always like to take a risk. I want to find that little place. And it never works out. Man, what a simple place. Gosh, I had prime rib. It was like 22 ounces, fries, salad, which I even had some of the salad. I had two fries. I was a bad boy. Um, (laughs) Rachel got a, not a turkey dinner, a Tom turkey dinner. Mm. I don't know. Maybe they name all their turkeys Tom. It's the country. They do that. (laughs) And uh, she got that with, with stuffing, mashed potatoes, cranberry, green beans. Her dinner, $12. Whoa. Wow. My 22 ounce prime rib, 22 bucks. We're out of there at $38. Nice. It was great. I miss rural PA sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 45 minutes. Like, that was the thing. We got home and we're talking about all the animals we fed at the Living Treasures Animal Park, which was hilarious and a great time, and anybody's got to go. Hilarious. Great time. And Bella's like, well, you know, one time I went to the Living Treasures by our house. And Rachel was like, honey, it's the same one. We were only 45. Where did you think we were? We were 45 minutes away. But that's my story. And that's my good, my bad, and my food. But what is even better, eh, differently good, it's not better, is that Duke and Lydia are with us today. (laughs) And I am just excited for everybody who's listening or everybody that will be listening to get to hear their story. Uh, We gave a quick bio. Uh, Why don't you guys, as you want to, give us first the Duke and Lydia bio. So how you guys met, how it went, how it's going, and then we'll get into your individual stories. Sure. Um, do you want to go or do you want me to lay it out? It's up to you. Doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Okay. You go ahead. I'll chime in. All right. Yeah. So uh, we both went to Grove City College. It's a, for those who don't know, it's a college about an hour, an hour north, north of Pittsburgh. Uh, By so the outlets. It's yes. a private Christian college, of course, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, has a reputation for... Um, lots of uh like christian kids like finding their their spouses uh my sister indeed found her spouse uh at Grove city college um like generations of individuals will find their spouses at Grove city and then their kids will go and find their spouses their grandkids will go and find their spouses yep and there's uh yeah there's there's a lot of stereotypes with that oh yeah there's plenty of beautiful places on the the campus is absolutely beautiful when you think mm -hmm. of college you think of like Grove city's campus yeah it's kind of like the brick mm-hmm. red brick buildings and it's it's a very small campus yeah. um a lot of walk on all the grass there are there like areas yes we are you are but we are yeah. still known for not being allowed to walk on yeah, the grass so because that was a thing every once in a while ago. you'll get like alumni that come back and they're all salty like you guys you can know, walk on you the guys can walk on the grass now like. or or they will go frolic themselves in the quad because yeah. they didn't get to do that when they were at college roll around a bit and, yeah. yeah so yeah so we we actually met um like the first couple of weeks, we went on a, uh, a freshman retreat, which was just a, a few select people that wanted to sign up for it. Um, you know, first come, first serve type thing. And uh, I think, what was it, about 20 people, 30 people, something like that? Mm, you know, know, not too many. But uh, we went to um, the uh, Whitehall, Camp and Con- Whitehall Camp and Conference Center, which mm-hmm. uh, Lydia coincidentally used to work for uh, before okay. she, uh, like in the summers between her high school years. My great i'm like sixth generation to go to this camp so i mean i went there long before i worked there yeah. and so we we uh we we didn't really meet meet there but we did come across each other and that, that's a pretty funny story so so my first uh sort of interaction not interaction but my first opinion of her so we were in this this sort of uh shack and we were just kind of sitting on the floor it's a building getting, it's a regular know, building i don't know it's <laughs> more of a wigwam really but yeah. you know it, it had ac <laughs> Wow. It's not a shack. Well, that that actually factors into the story. Um, So, yeah, we were really, really hot in this building. We were, you know, doing orientation. And uh, somebody asked, like, can can we do AC? Can we turn the AC on? Because we're all dying. And uh, Lydia, you know, from the crowd goes, yeah, yeah, it's probably fine. 
And I'm like, who well, is I, like, this? show them where it is. And yeah, stuff. she shows. I'm like, who is this chick who thinks, like, she owns the place, but she thinks she's part of the group? <laughs> like, i like, who is this redhead chick? And and uh, that was my first thought of her. And then later that that uh, retreat, um, me and a buddy, we were looking for the uh, the disc golf course nice. on uh, White Hill Campus yes. Center. Nice. It's the first and only time I've ever tried disc golf. So We'll fix that. We'll change that. <laughs> okay, roger that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we uh, I, we asked, we we passed around the on the way and asked her where it was and that was the second and then the third was we were all done with the the retreat and we we went back to campus and we all decided we wanted to hang out more and we we went to dinner and um oh a bunch of us maybe maybe half of us went went out to there were like a dozen or so people yeah and we we all went out to dinner and this big uh this big table and i was getting everybody's um phone numbers and pictures so that i could you know i'm terrible with names so i, I get their their name their phone number and their picture yeah creepy right and great, uh great way to meet people <laughs> or extort. but it's college so it's okay right so right, yeah, yeah this was like third third week of college so everybody's yeah. still in that yes yeah, so nobody knows exactly. anybody it's right. like everybody knows so um so the fact uh, that you still have those pictures, that's creepy. <laughs> but Would I do. Guess? I actually do. So I, I, I go up to her and I said, hey, what's your name? And, uh, and you know, her, my name's Lydia. And, you know, I, I said, can I take a picture? And uh, she said, sure. So I take a picture of her and I still have that picture. Oh, I still have that picture sweet. from when we, we first actually met. And so. Uh, See, I don't remember any, like all the stuff at camp that he talked about. I have no memory of. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember meeting him at all. <laughs> Must not have been very facts. memorable for you. Yeah. Well, a lot of people were coming up to ask me questions. I happened to like wear my staff shirt, like the camp staff shirt, because I'm excited that's what to you do did. this. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so my first like where I remember you was taking the picture, like you mm-hmm. said. But flash forward a couple months, we were friends for a couple months, mm-hmm. um, and then we. I started liking him pretty quickly, and then he eventually caught on. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Months <started>. later. <laughs> and that's freshman year. Yeah. Freshman year. Yes, yeah, so that was October of 2015. Yeah. And then uh, uh, the finally, uh, after a bit of uh, interest, and uh, we could we could pretty much tell, we, we knew. And so I, I asked her out on a date. And uh, uh, for those of you listening that are, are in the dating game, always uh, start with the bar pretty low. Took her to Sweet Genies. And, I was going to say Pizza Joe's. There's an no, ice, cream place. ice cream place. But we yeah. had dinner at the dining hall. Like oh. Dinner at the dining hall. And, and then was... we went off campus for yeah. some ice cream. So then, oh, so then each fancy. date is progressively better so that, you know, <laughs> yeah, sneaky like that. So. Yeah. But, uh, it's been almost six years. Um, yeah, almost six years. So met in 2015, started dating. Got engaged fall of 2018. Mm-hmm. And then married. That's classic Grove City, though. It is. Engaged yeah. before Ring you're by even spring. out. Oh, yeah. Ring, Ring by, by spring. Ring by spring. Like I said, many stereotypes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Many stereotypes. I got, as is tradition, I got dunked in the creek. That was a good time. Yeah. There, it, there's a creek that runs through campus yeah. called Wolf Creek. Yeah. And engaged men get tossed into it by their yep. buddies. Nice. Is, is that like a we weird get, baptism kind of we a thing? We get kidnapped, <laughs> sometimes against our will. I knew it was coming. Uh, I didn't know it was coming that day, but I knew like it was coming within a, like a week's time. And uh, it was a beautiful day, thankfully. Uh, and they just... So uh, you ambushed the guy. Yeah, so it was after dinner and we they ambushed all my friends. Ambushed. I'm like, why is everybody like in this one spot? And then I, I hear, I feel uh, my ar- like arms get wrapped around uh-huh. me and then up I go. And, they're, and then they chant Wolf Creek, Wolf The entire creek, way they, across campus down to this creek. As they haul you down to this creek. Are you thinking about like your phone or electronics that are on? We I, passed that off. Yeah, okay. I, I had some and stipulations. And he's like, let me empty my pockets. <laughs> yeah, is it kind of like the reverse from like The Office? When like Dwight and Angela were getting married, and they kidnap Angela. Okay, I don't remember. I don't remember. That's, that. late, that's, that's the late final yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, it's in the very last episode. I remember that where Mo, I believe, or Moe's kidnaps Angela. <laughs> oh, it's a tradition. It's true. Yeah. And then the the fiance is supposed to bring a towel for uh-huh. for her fiance, and yeah. if, and if, if she, she doesn't forget it, or yeah, if she doesn't bring a towel, then she also gets tossed in. Oh man, our dumb friends still they tossed me. They tossed, still, tossed even her with in. the towel. Yeah. Oh, oh man, that's pretty rough. Ugh. Friends are the worst. Yeah. So I go in the drink and I'm like, it's very refreshing. I come out, I'm like, you know, like wiping off, and I hear this like low key <laughs> screaming, screaming. Bloody murder. And I'm like, my there's water in my eyes. I'm like, what's going on here? I feel I hear uh, hear screaming, and then they then they dunked you, and I'm like, there's yeah. nothing I can do about it. That's <laughs> too bad. Anyway. Talk about emotional needs. My gosh, like I'm. <laughs> like, <laughs> Because they so took an event mad. that's supposed to be about 
Yes, you they guys have forever ruined that for me. Uh, yeah, and they made it about There's only two guys. Yes, they, well, one apologized. One, one apologized. It's a good egg. And do we still talk to the other one? Not really. <laughs> All right, good. Because I'm glad he's like not in the wedding or something. <laughs> no, he was kind of like a friend of a friend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's that guy. Yeah. I hate mm-hmm. that guy. But Everybody so, has one. And so then Mary, boom, moved to the North Hills of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yep. That Wise was, up. Yep. Uh, summer 2019. Mm-hmm. Yep. Both got jobs. Um, you followed my job and then you kind of like, yeah, I, I, I found a job in the and then you applied in the area. And, and you uh, went through some health stuff. Yeah. So um, evidently it's super stressful <laughs> going through yeah, so finding the, an apartment. Well, let's, let's back a, up. Let's back up. Okay. So we're seniors and we, so we have fine. Well, I was student teaching. He had finals, and then we were looking for an apartment, looking for jobs, like, during that spring. Uh, I, I think I'd, I had found a job by then. Okay. I'd, yeah. So, But, but we were still looking, an apartment. still looking for an apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finals. And then there were a few days between finals, when finals ended, and graduation that we, like, moved into our apartment, like, moved all of our furniture and stuff in. And then we came back to campus, graduated... He went back. To, he was from. He's from Akron. Mm-hmm. He went yeah. back to Akron for a week. I'm from Oil City, Franklin area, up two hours north of here. Um, so we were there for two weeks, and then got married, moved to Pittsburgh, went on our honeymoon, and then which is its own story. Yeah. But... We, uh, so it was like less than a week later, and we started our jobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had finals. It's a busy month. Finals, yeah. moving, starting new jobs, getting married. Yeah. And did so, you hear where she's from? Oil City, Franklin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Titusville's big brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> that one I, uh, episode where you guys were talking about it, she was like... Where Chris went back to Titusville. Yeah. It was like Christmas for her. Yeah. You guys were talking about how like boring it was, and she was like, yeah, this huge smile on her face. <laughs> my, <laughs> my dad's from Titusville. I always so, like, Titusville. I, I, my grandparents live there. And I got Titusville memories. blood in you. Yeah. yeah. So so all that to say, um, so apparently it's super stressful to have like four huge life mm-hmm. events within mm-hmm. uh, one month. And so... Uh, so apparently I, I, we didn't ever get it like super like officially, tested. officially tested, but we were in the ER but I, but a week I, before our wedding. I went to the ER. I thought I had a stomach ulcer. Mm. It was, I was they said d- he probably did. constantly doubled over in pain. Mm. And, um, and ever since then, a week before the wedding, a week six before days, the wedding, six days nothing actually. Else going on. in the ER, a week before a wedding. That's right. just perfect. Am I going to get it? surgery? Like all these things going through your mind, right. probably. hitting a little too close to home for you. Yeah, I, yeah. It's just it was it was really stressful. Yeah. And then the the actual wedding, like it was kind of like touch and go there for for parts of it. Like I we didn't felt much. No, I didn't eat much. I, I didn't eat much. Like during the actual sure. event, during the actual yeah. day? Yeah. There, there were parts of it that were like, okay, I felt okay, you know, mm-hmm. and there were other parts where I was like, yeah, man, I really f- hope I feel better, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, so then after that, uh, do you want me to go into like, yeah, so after that, um, I just, I would continue to feel terrible. I'd feel like my like throat was swelling up and like, I feel like my gag reflex was like constantly being triggered and mm-hmm. my stomach felt awful. So I felt nausea. I felt bloating and everything. And, um, long story short, you started playing around with the diet. I, pl- I started my, my mother has celiac disease and, mm. uh, she, she completely fixed all of her like ailments. Uh, she, uh, amongst celiac, some other things completely fixed her ailments with her diet, mm-hmm. just with what she put in her body with her, like, with just food and so yeah absolutely and so uh, i started out with a keto diet and Mm. within like a week or two it was the the change was absolutely remarkable Mm -hmm. it was absolutely remarkable and so um so i did that for a while um kept a lot of the good habits from it but then started introducing bad habits again sure and then around the holidays around the holiday yeah yeah so this would be 2019 like christmas yeah 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 Yeah, a little bread here you know a little cake here (laughs) sure one thing after another, I, I started to feel the way I did mm-hmm. before, and then, um, and then I started doing a, a like a bona fide carnivore diet. Mm. Like that's what all the cool kids do. Roger that. I'm yeah. sorry. The health, <laughs> I'm sorry. The healthy kids. <laughs> yeah, and and, uh, and I, I didn't. I also didn't like where my weight was at. My weight was at a, a bad place. I didn't like it, and uh, so I, I wanted to do a carnivore diet just to you know fix sure. my gut and then lose a little weight. I lost. Um, 20 pounds, pounds wow. in a month. And you went strict like, carnivore? Just strict. Yeah, strict yeah. carnivore. For, a while, for like a month. And then yeah. you started introducing like fruits sure. and 
Yeah, dare, and then like, I started doing like nuts, and then <laughs> I did. Uh, I want. I needed, needed something sweet. I did uh, yogurt, fruit, and honey. Like mm-hmm. plain Greek, unflavored Greek. Oh. And I, I swear to you, I, I, I there were <laughs> tears in my Feet eyes. Yogurt. <laughs> there were tears in my eyes when I <laughs> when I ate crying. that. Yeah. So I, I, Rachel's I, not even listening at home. She just went. Bleh. Yeah. She <laughs> well, when you eat no nothing but meat, <laughs> yeah, you know everything tastes sweet to you. When oh you, yeah. You know when French you, fries are super sweet. <laughs> oh yeah i'm not kidding no the yeah. potato goes in and you're like oh that's like a dessert peppers and onions like so taste i had sweet. a strawberry the other day i was like wow this is a candy <laughs> oh yeah so let's go because you know health it's important you're an athlete growing up give mm-hmm. me now duke's background uh roman numerals capital letters mm-hmm. just growing up what's family life what's it look like yeah so um family life pretty uh performance-based um mm-hmm. big big standards uh, academically um big standards uh athletically uh, my sister wasn't much for athletics she was um, more the the band type but she was uh very very good at like, flute and piccolo uh, was very successful with that um my the sort older of sister. or the older sister um my sort of area of expertise was baseball uh i did baseball since i was seven years old and then all the way up to uh, senior year of high school was my last season and um in between uh, high school, I did club ball, and it was it was like super competitive club ball. Mm-hmm. It's like the type of stuff that you do before you go into D one colleges for mm-hmm. to play for major league stuff. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the type of competitive baseball that I played. Um, what position? Uh, I played pitcher and shortstop. Okay, yeah, pitcher. Yeah, yeah right. pitcher is yeah that's my favorite favorite position. Mm-hmm. Pitcher, pitcher was awesome. Um, and so so yeah, uh, um, and a lot of good memories with your dad. Um, yes and no. <laughs> My dad was, uh, he, he, he was huge into it. He was huge into the baseball thing. Um, at times more than me. And so, um, we, we both really liked baseball, but at, you know, by, by the time I started hitting, you know, high school and by the end of it, I was just really burnt out on it, mm-hmm. like really burnt out on it. Um, my dad would take me to lesson after lesson after lesson and we'd do practices and workouts in the off season winter dead of winter mm-hmm. you know go to indoor facilities and just practice 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 and i mean i think i think he uh i think he he wanted it for me more than i wanted it for myself and that that sometimes was a sometimes was a, a slight point of conflict sure um did you ever feel trapped in it? You know, like, Dad, I just don't want to do this. I don't want to do this lesson. I don't have the same vision as you. I enjoy this. Anything like that? At the end of club ball, I, I let him know, like, this is this is it for me. Like, I, this is the I, – I didn't like the people. I don't like the people on my team anymore. They were just, mm-hmm. they were just going a different direction than me. And uh, and I I just – I let him know by the end of club ball, like, this isn't is what I want to do. Like, he, he asked me, like, if I wanted to, you know, do baseball in college and stuff like that. I'm, eh, I want to do a real job. You know, I want to – something a little bit more, uh, like mm-hmm. – consistent how so. was that for you in the lead up to telling him that mm-hmm. like, uh, did it take you a year or two years or, no. or was it only like you know i'm just gonna tell uh, i mean i i i think he could tell he could sort of tell that my my uh my heart wasn't in it anymore um and so he kind of just kind of i think he sort of figured it out and we had a we had a little, little conversation about it he's like yeah this isn't for you anymore yeah, this isn't for me anymore right and so, so th- this is this cool. yeah and and, yeah. and he he knew by that time i wanted to go into engineering he's like mm-hmm. yeah engineering yeah right right you know, that's uh that's pretty, pretty solid yes yeah um yeah and uh went through four years of engineering school and uh came out the other one with a job and mm-hmm. so but yeah um yeah uh Anything else? <laughs> oh, there's a lot everybody would want to know, but that's that's the good A's and B's. Yeah, and Roman I wanted numerals. to keep it. Keep no, it I get it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, normal Americana household, mm-hmm. mom and dad together, mm-hmm. you know, brothers sisters, normal everything, church family growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. You maybe give a faith background. Yeah. So um, my my mother um, didn't grow up in the church. She um, accepted Christ um in college and i think i think it was similar for my dad uh, but we we grew up uh, going to church um ever since we were yeah presbyterian presbyterian church with uh, a few we were going to a non-denominal church non-denominational church for a little while um and um i think it, it was it was sort of like the you know you you go to church to sort of check off the box that was sort of like the feel mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. you know it wasn't super I don't know what it was sort of a just a Sunday morning type of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it didn't really like faith wasn't really an element much outside of that. 
So mm-hmm. um, I think that that's probably the best way to describe it as sort of like the check off the box type of thing. More cultural than a relationship. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Great I would way say to that. put that. Mm-hmm. Good. And over here we have Miss Lydia. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I grew up in Oil City. Um, so kind of a much smaller rural area. Uh, both my parents were teachers, so not a whole lot of cash flow <laughs> growing up. Um, but up until like I was 11, pretty normal childhood. Um, we were very involved in church, um, growing up. My mom and my dad were both like, um, on the worship team for a while. And then eventually my mom, um, started pursuing a ministry degree and was an associate pastor at our church for a while. Uh, and then eventually got her own senior pastorship, um, in portland oregon so when i was 11 we moved oh wow cross country oil city to portland oregon huh yes wow very similar (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah went from having nothing but a mcdonald's to literally everything else Mm -hmm. um so unique city very and i wish now that i would have been able to appreciate it for what it was then Mm -hmm. um but at the time i was 11 turning 12 i had no friends like, I'd, I'd grown up in the same house my whole life. Yeah. Same friends. That's a huge same change for that age. I mean, for anybody, but that age especially. Yeah. So formative. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I started at a... I'd been in a private Christian school. Uh, and then when we moved out there, I started at a public middle school, which was, like, super, super culture shock for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, I I was miserable the whole time we were out there. I was so mad that we were that we had to go and um so I I didn't truly get to appreciate it for what it was, but looking back on it, it was a really unique area to be in. And how long were you there? 9 months. You were you were there for 9 months and then you came back? Yes. Same house and everything? Eventually, yes. So wow. when when we came back, it was like in the middle of winter and the pipes had frozen in our house because we had put it on the market, but it didn't sell. Uh-huh. Um, so the pipes had frozen. And so my dad, and my grandpa had to fix it. Oh, so we man. stayed with my grandparents and my aunt and uncle for like a month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, I moved back in. Did you, did you, looking back now, do you, do you have resentment? How, how do you feel about that blip? You know, because it's kind of that's kind of a blip in your a big blip in your storyline. But that is like the crux around which I frame everything. It's like sure. in my life pre Portland or post Portland. Right. Um, so it's a very like important, like Huge. formative time in my life. Um, and it was during that period of time where my parents' marriage started to fall apart. To me, at least, I'm. The, I've this since is after li- after they've come back. While we were out there. Okay. Um, and that was part of why we came back. Mm. Um, I've since learned, obviously, that there were a lot of, like, historical issues with their marriage that they just didn't mm-hmm. show or display at all. Um, that, like, were probably pretty important in that, um, in the, like, kind of downfall of their marriage. But um, it was while we were out there that things started to get, like, noticeably bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we, so when we came back, they did not move back in to get like they did not mm. Um, mm. stay together so and how tragic wow. that you get your normal back mm. except it's not yeah yeah so we like enrolled in the same school but like and we didn't i mean at the time so i was 12 my sister would have been 10 my brother was five six um we did not we were not given a whole lot of information about what was going on with my parents because i don't think that they truly understood what was happening yet mm-hmm. um so it was a while before we like figured out that they were not staying together and that, that we were getting divorced but that we were going to stay like us three kids and my dad would stay in the house and my mom was moving out and um so it was a very tumultuous period at 12 <laughs> yes and you're you're the old you said oldest yeah. of two siblings or three siblings yeah yeah, yeah I'm, the, I'm the oldest um so i kind of adopted a the mom role of the household being again i was like 12 13 at this sure. time and uh my siblings came to resent me for that <laughs> your siblings Very. came to resent you for taking on that kind of leadership female yeah. leadership role in the yeah, house because i would try to make them do their homework mm. and stuff like that and sure. my, my dad was a, a hot mess uh understandable like the it was yeah. not a very clean separation yeah to say the least um 
So, like, he was dealing with his own stuff, and um, they wanted to just get to do whatever they wanted to do. And mm-hmm. so you not only, you know, I don't say you lose your mom, but you lose your mom in the house at least. Right. Yeah, physically she's not present. And point. yet dad is absent. He is very much emotionally absent, yes. He is distant, <laughs> yeah. for lack of a better term. And then you don't get the appreciation or respect from your siblings for doing a job that isn't yours mm-hmm. Yeah. at 12. Yes. And I got very frustrated because I, I felt like I'm, I'm trying to help you. Like, I'm trying to be here for you. And um, un- admittedly, it was not my job to do. And that's, you know, why it didn't work. But How are you guys today? Um, still distant. Yeah. Because um, fa- fast forward a couple years, they ended up. Um, so at the, since at the time I, I was old enough in the eyes of the court to decide where I wanted to live with mom or dad. And I chose dad. Which um, is a horrible process in and of itself. Yes, I hated the custody mm. fight, period. Because um, it was mainly about my brother and sister. And they ended up doing back and forth for a while. And then my mom ended up moving to Delaware and they moved with her mm. um, when they were like in middle school, or early high school. Um, and I stayed in Pennsylvania. So they, one, they're a little bit closer than age, closer in age than I am to them. Um, but then they had that shared experience of back and forth between mom and dad. Um, so they still live in Delaware. Um, and yeah, so they're, I don't know, well, I think, physically distant, but yeah. also, also emotionally distant. And, and talk for a minute about, you know, with your mom, because you, know, you had said that you resented a lot of you had a resentful relationship because she left. You know, mm-hmm. forget, I mean, mom and dad both, you know, you, you sort of pity dad. Right. And abandoned my dad, but also angry and abandoned a mom. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of ways, you also had to be there for her. Right. Yeah. So during everything, like she became very depressed and like would kind of like she would ask me to just lay there and hold her. And mm. um, wow. as and I was like 12 at that specific memory that I'm thinking of. Um, but she, I, I was very conflicted about the whole divorce thing because she had been a pastor and there was an affair involved. And so it was all just very confusing. Messy, like, messy, yes, messy, messy, messy. Spiritually for skipping me. Skipping all details. Mm-hmm. Yes. Messy. Yes, very much so. Um, so I was like angry and confused at her about that. And um, then with her physically not being present, I there was a time that I didn't speak to her. I didn't want anything to do with her. Um but then, you know, later on, we, I, you know, we started getting back in touch more and she has always wanted what's best for me, but has tended to be very critical of my life choices. Um, we just have very different worldviews now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm kind of the, I would say, the black sheep of my family. Hmm. Um, you're, the, you're the black sheep that is successful, married, pregnant, you, happy. You would think that. Yes, but yeah. But it's, that is sadly consistent. Yeah, I'm for having like the traditional, mm-hmm. you know, right. But traditional d- for values do, and doing all life. the right things that when you were that 12, I was taught were the good things to do. Right by them. Yes. Right. So but, I, no, I was just going to say that. Okay, I'm going to try to take care of my younger siblings. Yeah. Oh no, that's bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I'm going to try to you know make you feel better. Oh, that's bad. Okay, now I'm going to go on and live my life. Private college, Christian college. No, that's bad. That's bad. Marry someone from that I met at college. That's bad. That loves you dearly. Yes. No, that's bad. Yeah. And what, a, what a terrible consistent theme. I'm sorry, Brian. Go no, ahead. no, no. That's okay. And and that really like I'm just I'm trying to imagine the pre and post. Uh, like you said, there's Port Portland's in, in the middle. Kind of seems like that dropped a bomb, but obviously there's a lot of other stuff. But you have this pre Portland move where everything was probably in your mind like pretty idyllic you know everything you, was perfect yeah. I remember having friends who were going through divorce and oh, you know just and being so them? yeah well and just being so thankful that like you know my parents are together right. and they love each other and, ever... and, and you know we're a very like Christ centered family and we're involved in church and I was really happy with my life and I remember thinking like mm-hmm. my life is perfect right and you know going growing up at church camp like we had mentioned earlier, um, you know, you hear a lot of like people's classic like testimonies that, 
you know, there's this kind of dramatic before Christ and after Christ. And I, I never really had that. I grew up in the church um, and was never really without that. So, you know, all that to say that, like, I was very content with my life. I had a lot of friends. My family was great. Uh, and then it all kind of got flipped. The bomb and then the aftermath. And I, I want to commend you just because you hear story. You hear a lot of I've heard a lot of stories in my life of people that have grown up in church or, you know, and then there's abuse or there's some reason crisis and they're they're just like ah f this you know Mm -hmm. i you know screw faith screw jesus any of that you seem to stay consistent along kind of that timeline or that whatever you want to call it that 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 trajectory um what do you why do you think that is because like there's a good reason for you just to completely get resentful about so many different things and it doesn't seem like you have it I, I was for a little bit. Um, I remember, again, as an early teenager, like, the classic, why, God, why? You know, like, yelling at him and sure. crying and screaming and being like, this is not supposed to be what mm-hmm. you had for, you know, had for me. Um, this is not your plan for marriage. This is not your plan for family. Um, and I, th- I think a l- I had a lot of good friends who, um, you know, you guys talk a lot about comforting and supporting. And Mm. um, I really think that that's what kind of kept me on a good trajectory was having um, friends who would sit with me late at night in the Mm. summers and be like, yeah, your parents are making crap choices. And Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that's not your fault. And yeah, they were they were good comforters. And then I also had like their parents, too, who. Um, were good Christian people and other people that I met at camp, like other adults that kind of took me under their wings mm-hmm. and mentored me and um, acted as good parent role models. Sure. And, and it, that really is interesting to me because like your your lowest emotional need is, well, one of the two is is security. To me, <laughs> like I think about all those things that happened, like you could have gone the complete, like I need something consistent. But, yeah, that was one that surprised me. <laughs> but I think because what you just said is you did have people come and surround you and, and mentor you, you know, and then your your highest ones are, well, there's support, support. <laughs> which that makes a ton of sense, approval, mm-hmm. attention and comfort. You know, you thank God those things were met in you and you were able to receive from that when that happened to you mm-hmm. because it'd say, be a very different story. You did, yeah, exactly. It, it might be that scenario where mm-hmm. you're like, you know, F this, I'm, I'm just checking out. I'm going to do, you know, whatever. But if you look at her emotional needs and again, when we say approval, that's sort of belonging and mm-hmm. that's, you know, so you go to your crisis in, in adolescence I don't think I've ever seen anybody's emotional needs that match up more Mm. with your define, for lack of a better term, your defining moment because Mm -hmm. belonging, like I I need a family. Like I had a family. I don't have a family attention. Oh, I'm sorry. Do I exist anymore? Is anybody going to pay attention to me or do I have to be here for everybody else? And you go to comfort. Well, that didn't happen. I mean, there's nobody coming. I mean, except for later on, those other families. Mm-hmm. You're comforting everybody else. else. Right. Mm-hmm. People she shouldn't be. Right. Whether it be your father or mother. And we've talked about enmeshment for years, having a role thrust upon you that is not yours. Yes. You had roles. I mean, you had a bounty. You had golden corral <laughs> roll stack <laughs> thrown on you. <laughs> and lastly, support, winners. which is, you know, coming alongside somebody. And helping them with something where you didn't have that. And then conversely, you're lowest. I was just going to say, I think encouragement is so low for me um, because that was, cheap. that was the worst mm-hmm. thing when people would come up to me and say like, oh, I'm sorry you're going through this. Like, okay, well, that does nothing for me. That <laughs> me <laughs> doesn't make too. me. Yeah. Like I feel the same way. Like glad we established that. Or you get the that. Christian platitudes of, oh, you know, God isn't going to give you anything you can't handle. Right, right. God has a plan for this. All those all those cliches mm-hmm. that didn't, that never really make you feel better, but people still say anyway. Well, and I was going to say, Duke's, one of his lowest emotional needs is encouragement also. So you guys, what? Well, I was, that's where I was going. Okay. Because here's just inside baseball information. Um, this is a good transition back to Duke. Duke just came back in the room. Um, I'm just kidding. It's your little time. Um, Duke, yours is lowest. Your lowest is encouragement. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's support. It's the oh, I'm next sorry, lowest. That's, yes. Your which, lowest which positive hers, number. Hers <laughs> yes. is the highest on support. Yours is the lowest on support. Yes. But yeah. you're both very low on encouragement. Correct. Yes. But you had a ton of encouragement growing up. I did. Yeah. Um, Overabundance. Yeah. Um, my my dad was extremely encouraging with with me. He uh, very critical at times, though. Mm. Uh, but but also like the, there were both sides of that coin there that mm. were present. Right. Um always in a and and uh, being in a team sport um in a in a, on a healthy team you know with healthy coaches um there was a lot of there was a lot of positive encouragement as well so so like when you would you'd make a mistake or it was a bad day they would always say yeah uh, yeah even even if you know you were up to bat you know people would be screaming your name and your number and you know hey let's let's go you know right and get them next time right. and, and all that right. kind of fun stuff which transitions right. to the two of you meet you fall in love and like i always tell everybody you have the same fight over and over again, just different details. Yes. <laughs> and one of the biggest ones that came up was encouragement. Mm-hmm. Because when she would have a bad day, what would you do? Yeah, I would try, I would try to encourage her. I'd say, like, you know, I'd, I'd say all the, I don't know, cliches <laughs> that rang super I'll empty with you. try to get then. through the day and... Yeah, you know. Chin up. Chin up. Good attitude. You know. <laughs> uh, it'll, it, you know, it'll all smooth out and everything. You know? Rub some dirt in it. Right. We got, we got <laughs> ice. Yeah. <laughs> and none of these are hitting home because no. you have no desire for any of that. No. Or need for any it, of that. It, it, may, it puts me in a worship, worse emotional state. To, mm. Like if I'm having a bad day, if someone just says like some cliche like Mm -hmm. keep your chin up and so duke where was your understanding of emotional needs you know in the early stages of your marriage so um when when we would get into you know fights um uh so so a bit of my background is uh i'm i'm very big into um you know coming at conflict from a, a very even keeled Facts, very logic, obje- and reason. Very obje- yes, <laughs> facts, logic, and reason. Uh, and a very, very objective standpoint because um, whenever I listened to my parents fight, and there were a lot of them, mm-hmm. uh, and there would it would there it would cycle like the same fight over and over again. Um, I could tell exactly what had happened mm-hmm. and what could fix it, and and honestly, it was a it was just a bunch of emotions and, and unsolved and unresolved hurts. Sure. So, um, and then everything would, you know, it would get out of hand and there would be yelling and there'd be screaming and, you know, whatever else. Um, <clears throat> and so, um, I, I always thought, you know, well, I'm going to be better than that. Hmm. Um, so he associated the emotions, like emotions in general with right. bad communicating. Right. So, mm-hmm. so then, you know, translating to our marriage, what, whenever we would have some type of conflict, um, I would try to immediately try to lower the temperature and immediately try to take emotions out of the equation. And sometimes if that was bad, if the tempers were high enough, I would just say, well, I don't want to talk about it right now because, you know, we were both too heated and we need to step away, mm-hmm. which I still think is is applicable in some situations but i was trying to do it for way too many Mm -hmm. and just as a side i am a very emotional person and yeah and so so i don't i know myself and i know that i don't handle conflict well when i'm upset so you know for me it's obvious you know just well just step away for a little bit put it in a box Mm -hmm. and then come back to it play a video game whatever you know come back to it and then and then and then deal and then deal with it and well, then you know have the discussion that engineer that engineer mind of yours yes. you know, oh, very yeah. analytical here we yep. can yeah yeah absolutely put this in a box like you said put this in a box deal with it yeah mm-hmm. for lydia that's just torture mm-hmm. you know if, right. if if there's a conflict well we got to handle it right now mm-hmm. you know we got to we got to take not, care of this then now. that because like yeah. in our, and then, our classic yeah, then fight that became conflict. the problem was right. it was no longer it's about whatever issue it was it was like you're i I would feel like invalidated Mm -hmm. for having emotions right and so so i think if we were to sum up the issues Mm. with with both of us just came down to a lack of understanding of what exactly emotions were right and their validity in yeah for me communication right for me it was they are bad and they should be avoided Mm -hmm. for Mm. her it was i have all of these and i want to express them all well, and I couldn't isolate them and, from whatever issue. And, like, I, and and furthermore, you didn't have the language to explain it to me. Right. And that was another thing. Like, mm. I would, I would, 
would feel things so deeply and 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 not have the vocabulary and, she right, could, and not be able to express could, why I was feeling that right, way. She couldn't tell me what was wrong and I couldn't fix it. We hit, we hit on that oh, point. Yeah, yeah I mean that, that was a pre, that was a previous episode where like I think like we can, or maybe it was Alexis that said it on on the the girls pod, but not having a vocabulary to express it, and that's kind of what this does is it puts it gives you a vocabulary with which you can now communicate and yeah. recognize. Right. That's, yeah. and that's that makes so much of the difference. And if you go back to both of your and I think it's a, it's a great, I don't say case study, but you look at your crisis, you know, your parents' crisis, really, but the one you experienced, and it was everything was fine, and all of a sudden it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't see any fighting. You didn't see any discussions. Right. It was very quick. And so the, the, the angst over, look, we have to fix this, or we're going to end up like this. Mm-hmm. And for you it was, if we try to fix this your way, we're going to end up like them. Yeah. yeah. And so you're both running from your parents, but wow. not running towards each other right. mm-hmm. until you learned how. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, we, and so this was like revolutionary. It for was. Us. It was. It's it's like learning a language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially, it's like learning especially a language. I think for, for Duke, it was it, it, it gave a validity to mm-hmm. emotions and emotional needs. And, and then it also gave me the vocabulary to be able to say, like, well, this hurts because X emotional need isn't being met, so yeah. it was. And then we, and then we would have conversation after conversation of where these emotional needs came from, and it just made it even more clear. Yeah. And it, and it's like, well, you know, this is the situation where you know it all came from. You know, here's what to do, here's what to avoid, and it mm-hmm. was like, like she said, it was revolutionary for us. It's like it's like learning a language. So Duke, if there is the analytical uh, binary guy out there who is is you three years ago, two years ago, mm-hmm. would you say that this is in fact a toolbox? Mm-hmm. You know, like for you who wants to fix the problem. Well, now I gave you, we've given you a whole bunch of tools. Mm-hmm. So it's not clouding the issue, but in fact, clarifying yeah. the so, issue. So what I what I always thought was emotions are chaos. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it, it to- And to, illogical. Yeah, and illogical. And you need to, mm. and you need to, the way you solve conflict is with logic and with order. But the, the thing about emotions is they're not, they're not chaotic and they're not always illogical. Sometimes they can be, but, but oftentimes they're not. Um, what this is, this, this list is, is not, it's not just a list of arbitrary emotions. It's a map, you know, it's a, it's mm. a map of you. And, you know, if, if you're the type of person that needs, you know, direction and and uh, clear instruction, order, order, <laughs> this is the way. It is the way. Hmm. Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. It took a little further than I thought, but that's uh, <laughs> that's amazing to hear you say that. But no, that's such an important voice because I don't know that we've had no. that voice. No, nope. you know, the person that should be and historically did shun all of that, mm-hmm. but to say no, it makes perfect. Like, and even as that's a great topic a for a future podcast. Are any emotions irrational? See, I would I would say no because for me, like I'm, I was I've always been like very emotional, very in touch with my emotions, and I could never isolate emotions from whatever fight we you were. You can having. always find a reason why it sort of makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, but, but I was what makes sense? What, what, the any, any type of emotion, you know? Oh, but the, like the, I feel this right. way because this. It happened. might be like unreasonable, but it's not like there's no reason see, for to, it. You know what I mean? You just said unreasonable, and I was like, "Careful, boy." <laughs> say, to me, it never felt unreasonable though. Like, right. to to me, it was always very logical. Like, well, this happened, ergo, I feel this. Um, but I couldn't always express Perhaps, that yeah. in a way that made sense to maybe, you. Yeah, maybe it was. It was just. I he, couldn't understand it because you couldn't tell me exactly I how. Because that's the critical emotion not. responding. Yeah. You said, no, that was unreasonable. I value your response at being greater than what it warranted. Mm-hmm. Where, well, that's not your place. Mm-hmm. You know, because she's like, no, this is how I responded. Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, the roadmap back is to find out why. Mm-hmm. And you guys have both done something we've never talked about. Really, we've mentioned on the podcast, but genograms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're sort of wrapping up your first episode on the podcast. But tell everybody about that experience. So uh, the genogram um, is basically a family tree, um, but it includes your relationships with those family members and describing the relationships right. and the impact yeah. and the relationships between themselves and to to a 
small degree, but right. Yeah. So something that popped out on mine is that I had like eight instances of divorce, but like just going back to like my great grandparents, like across both sides. Um, so like that was something that that was like very prevalent in my family. Right. Um, and, and, and in doing that, you I mean you knew about all those divorces, right? But, but seeing it on see paper, it on a like paper, a visual, you see those double lines going through. Yes, it's very and like. And then thinking back, like like you had said, you know, my emotional needs and how that all fits, that all tracks with someone who experienced divorce as a child. Um, it it just it all really clicks. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like the the questionnaire and the genogram, and we did another like um, family history family history question thing. Um, it all just really really clicks and helped us understand each other better. Helped us understand ourselves a lot better too. Absolutely, hundred percent. And what I think is so important about that as well is those are all good tools because as we look back at previous hurts, the only way those hurts get healed is through comfort mm-hmm. and going over those stories. So it helps us to understand the story. It gives the person, the trusted loved one, the opportunity to hear that story, see that story differently. And even like in our case, you guys were so gracious to allow me and for Rachel to be there as well. And so there'll be stories you'll tell and you'll remember, you know, Rachel being mm-hmm. there and be like, oh, she was kind. You know, and it's because and, she gets excited about those things, but she's also good at identifying a lot of it. Um, before we, we move on, is there anything else you guys want to share? I just, you know, I'm, we're just really, honestly, we're really grateful for this. Um, it's, yeah. it's really been, I mean, we just said it three times now. It's like revolutionary. It's, it really is. And uh, from, from both of where we've come from, you know, whether we think that emotions are, you know, the devil should be avoided mm-hmm. uh, or if you know you're all about those crazy emotions you know and there you can harness them. them in right yeah mm-hmm. and um, you know this this makes sense of it on both ends of that spectrum yeah. it brought us to that place where we can we can understand each other a lot better and our marriage is better off for it and I, I, I think if this tool was more widely used called a tool I mean it is um, I, I think you would see a lot of people's lives get like much improved. I, I really do. <laughs> Eric, Eric just said, thank you. <laughs> well, and I think two things I want to point out. One, the fact that you guys are starting to reach out to other couples and younger couples in the church that I think that's an amazing impact that God is going to have mm. in your life, you know, helping them. And, and to remind everybody, how old are you guys? 24. We're 24. <laughs> We're not lying. Uh, <laughs> just the older the older you get in life and the more you hear people like you you just start shaking your head like, oh like 24 and yet they've spoken so much wisdom yeah it's amazing so much so many insights that i think popped up uh, especially in the latter latter half of the show tonight that are just amazing to me to hear um and just to see how it's you know, this stuff really is transforming you guys and bringing you much closer together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I could talk for hours about this stuff. Well, yeah. there's there's follow-up episodes for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, you, you can't do much better than what Duke and Lydia have done. Do <laughs> you know who can do some better? Some people can do better. Oh, yeah. Some people can do better. Um, Dateline, Louisiana. Python escapes from mm. aquarium in Mall of Louisiana. <laughs> The Blue Zoo Aquarium inside the Mall of Louisiana was closed Tuesday after a python used in shows to entertain children escaped from its enclosure. Harry Potter? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Harry Potter? (laughs) The St. George Fire Department was sent in around 1020 a.m. trying to find Kara, who is about 12 feet long. (laughs) Officials said the mall was closed at the outset, but only the Blue Zoo was locked down as of around noon on Tuesday. Here's the do-better part for me. Not losing. Well, no, that's part of it. (laughs) Here is their statement Tuesday afternoon. While we've created a very secure home for Kara, our bar Burmese python, she has slithered out of her exhibit. Kara is a non-poisonous friendly snake that enjoys her time interacting with guests during our snake education shows. Kara is an adored member of our Blue Zoo family. The safety of our animals is of utmost importance to us. To ensure Kara's safety, we will be closed for the day. Please check back for updates and opening times. Uh, you didn't care enough to keep her <laughs> and it's not a secure environment because she got out. And as of the writing of the article, uh, they had not found her and they were uh, hypothesizing that she's somewhere in the rafters. Oh, man. So. 
talk another about people's need for security not being met. <laughs> yeah, do better, Blue Zoo. Thank you. That would be a security thing. I take it as a need for respect. Don't don't tell me you got a secure facility yeah. when your snake got out. <laughs> Any other emotional needs attached to that one? Um, I love pythons. That's not, that's not an emotional need. That's, that's not an emotional need. That's a statement. I scored four on Brian Lowe's Pythons. <laughs> um, Dateline, Ohio. Ding! <laughs> trooper saves driver choking on bag of marijuana. An Ohio State Highway Patrol trooper successfully performed the Heimlich maneuver after a man allegedly attempted to swallow a bag of cannabis when he was pulled over for speeding. <laughs> Ohio State Police Sergeant Ray Santiago said the traffic stop occurred on July 3rd in Portage County. Trooper Charles Hoskin conducted a traffic stop for a vehicle, blah, blah, blah. Um, Dash cam video posted to the Ohio State Police Twitter account showed Hoskin asking if the driver could breathe before helping him out of the car and performing the Heimlich. The man expelled a bag of marijuana and apologized to the officer. (laughs) Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. What did he apologize for? Probably, I don't know. Like I mean, just for being an idiot, being I guess. After the man recovered, Hoskins asked, do you want to die over a minor misdemeanor? The man received citations for speeding and failing to wear a seatbelt. He also received the summons for marijuana and was released at the scene. So can't do better cop. Can't do better cop. Thank you for your service. But, man, that guy's got to do better. I mean, like... if. Heroin, sure, that's a problem. But like pot, a bag of weed, come on, nothing. Well, oh yeah. Um, so that's it for episode one twenty. Hell of a transition. That's a good one. <laughs> Professional. Please Sweet. make sure to give us a like or follow on social media and visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, take a relational needs questionnaire. Thanks for joining us at the table for lunchtime in Rome. Bye. 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 Is that like a we weird get, baptism kind of we a thing? We get kidnapped. <laughs>